Yeah, good, thank you. You don't look like someone that's uh, fresh out of the beehive. Uh, what part of... Oh, <laughs> you're, missing, you're missing the pocket square, mate. What's going on? <laughs> hey, man, 50 days in lockdown will do it to you. So this is what you look like after 50 is days that, of being locked down. Is that just 50 days growth, mate? Shit. What are you drinking no, down there in no. Willys? you got some crazy shit on. <laughs> no, I've got the, those uh, Chinese uh whisper dna in me so it takes ages this is about two years of growth thing so look I, I'm, I I'm pretty happy <laughs> i don't try with when movember comes around i support the cause but i can't mess with it mine looks yeah. like a like a half used toothbrush that's been like dismangled <laughs> through like a cheese grater yeah, no. um you come yeah. very highly recommended we haven't met before but oh, i've okay. got a note and it says Kirk leads the mahi on digital inclusion for the government which is i'm very excited we can get into that um but it's also very non-bureaucratic awesome uh his great connections in maori dim and with his own pacific community as well as across government um yada 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 good bastard all right cool so here we are <laughs> why did you get into politics and the government i don't i think yeah i don't know if it's called politics but i think um essentially i, I fell into 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 government and part of that is in my nature to be able to uh serve through public service so there was there was an opportunity that came about and i took that and haven't looked back since uh yeah so that's that's going back almost 20 27 years now how do you how do you like working with government is it very fast and agile and extremely efficient with time how does it how, how have you found it <laughs> Oh, look. That was a piss take, man. I know I'm slow. Have you have you enjoyed the last couple of decades? In, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Look, look I, I think I think you know the answer to that. But um, so yeah, look, I, I enjoy my time in government. I think there's real value um, in terms of being able to be in the machine and trying to look at places where you can make a difference. Um, it's fair to say that my biggest extra grind in the space is about inequalities and diversity so oh, uh and so the a critical thing for me is being able to be an agent of change around those areas uh can be hard work but um but you need a few of us people in the system to be able to hold people to account to make sure that the, the public service um you know delivers to the needs and expectations of, of the public and so uh that's my burden to bear so i've taken on board that and and saying that i work with some amazing people intellectuals um and it's taken probably almost 20 years to to understand truly um, what my role is in terms of being able to sit in, in, in the government agency space. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times. Um, I was just thinking back um, when I first started, <laughs> um, Jim Bolger was our Prime Minister. Yeah. And so, you know, that um, through that... Yeah, it's way back then. Yeah, so one would have started around 95, 96. And so um, in that time, we've had three women prime ministers. So we had Ginny Shipley, Helen Clark, and now Jacinda Ardern. So, um, you know, that's something I can talk to my grandchildren about and their grandchildren about being able to be part of a sea change of leadership around some of that diversity. So it's cool. So, and, and I'll get to witness that within the government. Um, the other important thing too I've learned is um, when I first entered into into public service, it was about process, it was about uh, political sensitivities, it was about you know um, 
procedures. Um, but again, as I've gotten older and wiser, it's about having a purpose. And so finding that purpose is really critical if you if you want to kind of withstand some of the challenges, but also see some of the advances. So, so that's really important. Um, COVID stuffed the world up. Yes. New Zealand's coming back out into mix. Not relative, not not unscathed because we've we've had some some tragedies health wise. How do you feel yes. with? So, what's your actual official title within government at the moment? What's what's? How do they name okay. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so look, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm, uh, my title is strategic advisor, and my portfolio is digital inclusion, digital equity. So, um, being able to um, kind of lead. Uh, uh, some of the exciting developments through that space is working with agencies and through agencies to be able to ensure that uh, we can support all New Zealanders get online uh, digitally. Um, there are some pain points because through our work, we've estimated uh, over one in five New Zealanders are digitally disadvantaged or struggle with digital. And I can talk a little bit about what that means. But um, so we've got a real uh, big driver to make sure that we can that 20% to be online and comfortable to participate um, because uh, truly through COVID-19, as you mentioned, um, it's exposed the digital divide or actually inequalities in a way that's really sharp and, and we're having to respond um, right across government to be able to meet the, those needs that are disadvantaged currently. So let's go there for a second. Um... Yeah dig deeper to the split in the digital divide yeah. of the haves and, and have nots because it's it's quite massive right i mean what we had um yeah. ed hyde who's the chief um customer officer for uh chorus on the show and he was saying you know 10 years ago when they were doing all this fiber rollout it, so many people gave them shit, blah 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 and now it's the flipping savior for so many of these businesses that are now being able to go online so and no one's questioned that tech wouldn't be able to do it so tech people would be like oh tech has saved the day great but tech has saved the day for businesses but potentially um by the have and the have nots has made that gap a bit bigger how is that the case specifically yeah, look, I think um, across the world, so New Zealand's not alone in this, is that uh, when we think about digital inclusion, people just think about connectivity. And connectivity is is just essentially having um, the internet connection to your house. Um, and that would be a blunt measure. When we talk about digital inclusion, what we're talking about is uh, access, skills, motivation and trust. And then underneath each of those elements, there's a level of complexity. So, for example, when we talk about access, we're talking about connectivity, we're talking about connectivity, um, and we're talking about affordability. Really, create three uh, three key elements that you need to consider. In terms of, um, you know, skills, it's more than just turning a computer on and having some basic skills. Uh, though that's really helpful, but we want to move the population to more problem solving. And, and what do we need to do to do that? So skills programs are really important to wrap your head around that. Then motivation. We have a number of New Zealanders that probably do not see um, how essential um, internet um, or digital inclusion would be, particularly through an event like COVID-19. So we had a number of people that missed out um, through um, 
through getting timely communications, being able to connect with whānau in a, in a timely way, with line, um, and access to essential services. So um, most people saw it as a bit of a hoha <laughs> um, around motivation. So so some of the some of the things is uh, why should I use it versus I I want to use it. And then the last element is trust. And so that's a huge area around, you know, identity, um, you know, data sovereignty, um, uh, what is it, safety, and your confidence to be able to use. So when you think about digital, of course, you've got to think about the whole package rather than just issue connectivity. So um, so the reason why digital divide um, has, has become quite, um, quite a big issue and emerging issue at the moment is people um, realising actually it wasn't just about connectivity, it was more than that. It's a combination of all these things. Um, and as a result of that, you know, we want to move to a place where everybody has the ability to participate in the digital world. So they can communicate, they can connect, they can get access to essential services, they can create, they can do a whole raft of things. And the research that tends to suggest that actually it leads to but a social and economic well-being down the line. So, if we start investing in that space, um, you know, uh, you'll see that we we as a nation will benefit. But look, our experience is no different from any other experience across the other jurisdictions. Yeah. So, so th through that, right? You know, you're talking about um, access and skills and motivation, mm. trust. The all, all these frames were in place pre-COVID, right? PC. During COVID, when it happened, what, where do you think New Zealand failed specifically in terms of from the digital or or, or tech side um, through this that that you felt were like oh we need we need to address this after what bits did you see happen that you you know needed to get addressed now where, where did your brain go to? Yeah, so essentially what it was is our ability to respond immediately to those people that were digitally disadvantaged, um, you know, how did, so, so, so we have the stat round based on, 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 on census data that between 45 and 70,000 70, uh, New Zealanders do not have uh, any form of telecommunications. So they don't have access to a landline or they don't have access to an internet. How did they get support? So if we think about digital as a means to an end, <laughs> Um, and, and you know, um, how could we respond to those populations most of the need, particularly those that don't have any telecommunications? Um, and then those that did, um, and, and this is where I've got to give big ups to telcos that have come to the picture and some of the agency partners where they're able to reduce takeoff data caps and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, that was awesome. To be I able to respond. Yeah, yeah. In that yeah. first week, we I mean, had Jason Paris and um, and Jolly Hodson on. They, they said, mm. you know, they were in contact with each other through the mix and everyone was just like, boom, same page, done. No data caps, next. Like it was not even yeah. a... Like I thought that was that was really cool. Just even through a time of yeah. you know community strife, everyone just pushed pause on the commerce and we're like, we can fight later. But now it's about the people. Could you imagine the uproar if they started doing, trying to just do overages and all this other stuff? It would have been a flipping <laughs> gong show, dude. So no, like yeah. I thought that that made no. me very proud to to to, to yeah. see that as a yeah. Kiwi. That was that was awesome. But yeah, sorry, continue. I just thought it was really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. And and I, I think if anything. Um, what it allowed us to do, because we had been doing this work for two or three years around understanding who are the digitally excluded, what does the definition of digital exclusion mean to New Zealand? 
um, how do we begin to achieve digital equity, is what came through it is this willingness to collaborate and um, and an industry fronted up, you know, uh, community providers are putting up their hand and saying, look, we need help for these specific populations. Agencies that would work with the most vulnerable saying, look, how do we begin to use some of the intelligence that you have um, to be able to, you know, support some of the decisions and, and leverage some of the policies. Around. So, so in some ways, I don't see it as a, um, oh, no, we need to respond here immediately. But I see it as, oh, wow, just seeing the whole sector starting to come together. And even now, we're starting to have these conversations that we would have never had pre-COVID-19, you know. Um, so in some ways, the, the, the realities of COVID-19 um, has uh, generated a coalition of the willing uh, to, um, to make a difference in the digital inclusion space because they all 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 buying into the whole um you know vision digital equity you were just talking about before you saying was it for was it for 70 about seventy five thousand people in new zealand don't have yeah. access to any communication so yeah to the I, I don't look i don't know the ins and outs what's the split of that 75 being rural away from anyone or in the city and poor and and homeless or in a, in a pretty bad social situation is that a 50 50 kind of thing like what's the what's the split yeah. there do you know yeah, so what we know is that if I step, take a step back, the most disadvantaged communities at the moment, according to the data we have, and we have only got really good data for um, access uh, element, uh, is is around, um, is, um, so they, they come through in terms of when we are identified where the 70,000 are situated, uh, it's usually where Māori are resident or where Pacific is resident or, you know, um, remote rural areas. Um, that's where uh, we've got a bit of work to begin to support those populations. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably dig up some more data and I could be proven wrong around the, where that is, but currently that's what we've got at the moment and we're working with that. Um, what we also know is that affordability is a really critical issue to be able to get, um, get access online for most vulnerable populations. So we did a bit of research last year. Um, we commissioned it actually th through the Motu research. And uh, the groups that were highlighted in terms of being most digitally excluded or disadvantaged were Māori, Pacific, uh, people with disabilities, uh, unemployed, people living in social housing, um, seniors, particularly those over 75, uh, and rural communities over between 10 and 25,000. So, um, It'd be interesting to do, um, this is before COVID-19, and given that the sector and industry have moved really, really quickly to be able to support, um, and like my education colleagues have uh, done a fantastic job to be able to uh, roll out um, connections and devices, man, what that would look like post-COVID. Uh, and we need to build momentum. So we still know that there's still a, still a gap there, but um, Given that the efforts of the sector now, what does that look like post-COVID? And is that sustainable is another question. You know, For us, it's about making sure that the interventions we put in now are going to be enduring and sustainable. So it's, so those are, so when we talk about, so when we talk about those communities, that's that's who we basically need to, need to reach. It just, it feels like when you overlap digital, those that are digitally excluded to those that are colored, there seems to be a pretty a clear correlation Oh yeah, yeah, luckily everything else, bro. You know, <laughs> you know. 
yeah. Why is um, that? And that's a fair. Oh, look, I think people need to realise that digital is a means to an end. So actually, the heart of it is these 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 inequalities that exist. Um, and I, you know, um, and again, COVID nineteen is exposed in a real sharp way. It's always been there. Um, and so even us achieving digital equity is not going to um, to resolve the issues of poverty, you know, um, you know, resolve uh, the, the, you know, issues around, um, you know, that are systemic that have displaced Māori for a long time. So, 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 so we've just got to be really, um, really mindful that whilst we Whilst we're trying to, um, how to say, achieve digital equity, part of part of what we're trying to do now is making sure that the social inequalities don't increase, and we've got to try to hold them as much as we can, before, so we can take care of the other stuff that undermines some of that. Um, and so, as you know, um, you know, again, part of part of um, you know being brown, as you as you called about, is is um you know there, there is there is that bit where we've got a lot of evidence has come through where people talk about the experience with you know um that they are disadvantaged as they walk in the door i mean i've had a number of experiences in my lifetime where you buy a house like my wife is she's uh marty but she doesn't look marty um we we, we designed a plan that she walk in first <laughs> get registered all the rest of it um for an open home for example um and then i would wait 30 seconds to walk in and because and i wouldn't get looked at it's mainly because probably like how i look probably so, you know um but <laughs> you know that, i'm smiling because we I think... and we have to try yeah. to set <laughs> yeah we have to set new preconceptions around around some of that stuff um and and and, and part of that that's the role of meeting in government is to be able to dispel and, and challenge some of those preconceptions you know we are capable, man. You know, we we, we are able to um, input into into good decision making, and I, and I think again, um, this is built on years of um, of an institution of doing it a particular way and not necessarily the best way. And so we're seeing outcomes that, um, particularly for Māori and Pacific, where we continue to be disadvantaged or we're not at the starting line in some of those conversations and so how do we how do we change that it's so it's mm. so tricky when you get into start getting into that world of of of, of judgment with color because it's almost like you know you're disadvantaged optically and then you know societally and then now technologically and it's just another thing it's like ah oh, <laughs> here we go just like just make it yeah. make it tougher yeah. for us yeah. why don't you i get it um so yeah. do you feel you know digital access digital do you, do you think like you know access to the internet should be a, a human right and wi-fi for for every new zealander do you feel is it at that level or is this let's support what we've got or is it throw the hammer we are in a world of tech and part of what this government and this nation stands for is everyone should have access to that tech and that is a human right Wi-Fi yeah. is a right. Is that a thing yet, or is is that where the thinking's at? Or how do you how do you feel when I say that? Yeah, oh, look, I'll, I'll, it warms my heart actually. So, so part of it is that I personally believe that, you know, um, 
that everyone should have access to high-speed internet, affordable high-speed internet, or not free, <laughs> free internet. Um, have a device and all the software and um, that's relevant for them to engage in the digital world and have the right skills, you know. Um, so everybody should. So all of that should be basic human right, and we should be able to um, put the appropriate programs in place to support that. And, and I believe that there's, there's a real strong support for that. Um, I'll get challenged with the fact that, oh, so is everything else, you know, health should be that. And I'll say, yeah, cool, but I'm talking about digital because it, it helps particularly connect people. And as we've seen through COVID-19, people were desperate to connect with loved ones. People were desperate to hear the latest communications, you know, from, from the Prime Minister, who's our leader, about saying, and this is why we need to do level four, this is why we're going to level three, you know. Um, so people feel comforted by those those messages in a timely way, um, you know, and, and people need to be able to access essential services. So so for a long time, the, re the rhetoric um, from from our, our, you know, colleagues, and, you know, no fault of theirs, but it's just saying that, look, um, to people that were, that were digitally excluded, go online and register on the site or, you know, or when they call their call the helpline, they says, "Oh, the helpline's response would go, can you um, register online your issue?" And people are not in that position to do that. So we need to make sure that we had other channels available uh, to be able to support um, communication. We also needed to back our intermediaries, which I believe is happening, you know, and, and who are working with people that are digitally disadvantaged, so they can uh, ensure that they are looked after through this process. So, yep. When it comes to times of crisis, absolutely, digital is uh, a, a human right that everybody should have access to. And so we've got this thing going, digital equity by 2030, where everyone should be able to participate and engage the digital world and benefit from there. You know? And so if we work backwards from there, what does that look like? So is that a thing? 20, I don't know that it was a thing. So 2030, that's a, that's a thing? Yeah, you hit it first here. You go up for you. 2030, digital equity by 2030, we're going to push it. <laughs> I, I like it, I think it's, you know? it's, that's great. I mean, I, I remember three, four years ago, um, I was at this um, uh, little think tank kind of corporate Illuminati thing, um, which was crazy, and uh, Rob Campbell was there, and he stood up and said, and I didn't know that Rob was Rob, I just was like, oh, some you know dude in a, in a sweatshirt mm. just standing up talking shit, and he goes, oh, you know, if we're trying to make one move for New Zealand, should, why not have a smartphone in every hand of every New Zealander? He just was like super simple and mm. i'm like that's what like my brain just wasn't there and then they obviously you know talked into it and, and this, this is the word the wording around that has been there for a while but it's more the fact too of you know if it's very clear in a digital world and for for comms and whatever else if, if there's a right how do that how does that get navigated because then i'm sure as soon as you start going around oh we're going to supply hardware or this and that then the next thing you know it's like you know there'd be a massive backlash of well, I don't want to pay for iPhone 10s for, mm. for homeless people, stuff that I don't want to pay for, you know. So there's this balance of how do you, I guess, give accessibility to technology to enable them to communicate and be plugged yeah. into the world versus, you know, commercial sensibilities that uh, that the people will go along with. So there's almost these different new ways to think of it. And I'm sure obviously that's a, that's a political thing mm. which they've got, you know, a decade to, to navigate, but it's been become very clear that no one's giving chorus shit now for ripping up all those sidewalks 10 years ago. Everyone was pretty flipping stoked yeah. that they had, you know, publicly listed billion dollar companies still trading with staff working remotely. Imagine if this shit happened 10 years ago without that. 
the, it would yeah. the, the economy would have shut down like the actual economy would have shut down not just like you know if this was 2009 and yeah. then this rolled through man so i i think i think tech has saved the day or not say not save the day tech was the you know the resuscitation machine that enabled us to get through this piece which so we could at least have some sort of revenue for businesses and people still kind of working you know when you see the future of what you hope the digital landscape in new zealand could look like in the next within the next two years what would you like to see change or get driven down especially using the momentum of of after covid ac yeah so i i think in some ways um what i'd like to see is that everyone is has the option no actually everyone is connected digitally and not and and so people can opt out of that but we we basically roll out in two years we we see um some of the, the vulnerable populations i called out earlier um that we um have responded in a way that meets their needs and that they're building on their digital future for communities particularly maori and generation z how do we support this up-and-coming generation to be able to be digitally savvy because they're, they're going to uh be huge contributors to the economy moving forward so certainly uh Generation Z, Māori, in terms of uh, making sure that they're digitally equipped to be able to, and they need to determine what that looks like um, for the future. And then also making sure that all our vulnerable cults can connect and communicate quite freely online. So two years, I think we can happen. I get told I, um, told about 2030s too long. So I think I've got some ambitious enthusiasts around me that think we can do this in five years. So that's a good Good stepping stone. I mean, you know, when we go to the backs of the points where we're making um, a basic human right, we, we can look we can look at other countries uh, and look at their examples. You know, um, Finland, for example. Uh, you know, there's Singapore. You know, um, and so so part of it is what can we learn from there, and and then we've got to make sure that we uh, entrust the proper regulation frameworks to ensure that people are safe online as well. So maybe we have that all in place. Two years, you're saying two years. Yeah, I get it. Um, oh, actually, actually, one more thing. Yeah, go. We we need, yeah one one more thing is is a key thing is about making sure we support our um, COVID nineteen has also exposed uh, our need to be able to pivot around our our small small businesses. So how do we support? Go on, go there. Small businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitching about yeah. this last budget thing, saying small businesses yeah. got tapped and all this other stuff. So yeah, what's your buzz there? Obviously, yeah. you're personally yeah, so, not professionally, so you get fired. But yeah, you yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think more than anything is that for a long time, um, as small businesses are trying to transition into the digital world, uh, COVID uh, nineteen has obviously put the acid on to make sure that uh, in, in order to survive and sustain business, then they need to look at how digital supports them to do that moving forward. Um, and so, you know, how do we train, um, you know, people that are currently going to be unemployed through this process, give them the right skills to be able to engage the workforce in a way that they can offer um, extra skills. Now, it's, hard, it's a hard time for a number. I've got I've got a couple of friends that have uh, through the process have, you know, are really struggling through this process, but they're still starting to examine, you know, and reassess how they pivot their business to be able to. Um, 
using digital because they would laugh at my work all the time saying that you know um you know digital is just a phase and now they're asking me or oh, how do we <laughs> how do we pivot using digital to be able to support their business moving forward so um you know it, it's really important and 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 we have a workforce that requires that support so maybe that's that's something that i believe that we can we can get behind they, they're a significant contributor to gdp man so we just we just need to do it yeah what do you think in, in your you know you've been in the game there for what like 20 plus years now in, in, in sort of government in, in that sort of that space what's the biggest thing that frustrates you the most about the way the way it has been for the last 20 years when it comes to government you go and i think yeah so i mean it hasn't been all rosy been in um in government so there have been times where um, I've been frustrated with the bureaucracy, the number of briefings to be able just to provide a minister information, uh, you know, um, and, and think, is this good use of taxpayers' money? You know, um, just, to, you know, we have to write a briefing about a briefing about a briefing, you know, like it's kind of, really, uh, in my early days. But I've, I've come to accept that actually, um, you know, if you, if you don't get caught up in the, in the bureaucracy, bureaucratic processes and you think about your purpose in public sector and you think about the people then it makes it a lot more easier in terms of what your role in the machine is um and so yeah so so certainly certainly the amount of pushing paper here and there um sometimes um there's projects and i get it that you've been working on for a very long time and then suddenly there's a pivot to say actually that's no longer a priority and you've just got to drop it it just happens so so all this time and investment that you've spent working up a project getting it ready um and then suddenly you get told oh no it's no longer a priority we need to redirect all the resources to this area that can be frustrating as well so and i'm sure that that happens everywhere else everywhere totally the government, the but yeah 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 so when you first walked into um the government world what percentage of those around you were brown yeah, so look, I couldn't I couldn't really answer it, but um, even now, as as I as I as I work, walk in a number of meetings, um, so so yeah, there was there was there wasn't a lot lot of people. What like ten percent? Um, nah, the other man. Oh, oh, wish. oh um, like five, three, <laughs> one. Is it just you? Like, are you the only oh, person yeah, in Wellington? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, look, <laughs> yeah. No, there, there would have been, yeah. It's it's been it's been a lonely place, and you know, if you're if you're looking for uh, color as a way of a level of comfort in in the space, um, like what? Give me a yeah, no, number, definitely. like five percent. Oh, bro, less than less than one percent, bro. What one <laughs> percent in the whole government? When, when, when I start, nah, look, I, there'd be some stats somewhere that'd be able yeah. to pull out right now currently. Yeah, but I, and I think it's growing. We're starting to see, you know, people. Um, you know um a bit more diversity coming in there's still a lot more work and there's a lot there's a lot of champions across the sector trying to promote that in terms of making sure that um you know the uh you know um, it's, it's not about the color of your skin but certainly that giving opportunities for people from diverse backgrounds to be able to pursue opportunities for public service totally. through um it's i i not sit and um yeah look I, well maybe it's all yeah, I think it's gotten better because I think there's a lot of um, programs that are currently trying to drive and support the public sector to improve diversity. 
Um, I still sit in a number of meetings where I'm the only only uh, Metro Poly Asian that sits, sits in the space, you know. Um, and and so I'd like to see. And when I do see see another colleague that's you know um, the way we have uh, similar characteristics, you know, it's a chair, bro. You know, like it's it's quite cool, you know. Um, yeah. um, and but you know, I'd like to also think that we get there on our merits rather than just think it's about our, our, our yeah. color. So we just need to be able to, you know, we need to make sure that we 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 support diversity and give people the equal opportunity to be able to get in those in, the, in those places. Um, like I've been passed over for a couple of jobs, and I was told by a by a recruiter um, that actually, oh look, Kiki had everything on paper, uh, which was cool. But actually, you just went to right fit, and I just what the no, what do you mean brown, by that? Bro. Yeah, yeah, and, and and wouldn't say it. I had to push and said, "Oh, basically, look, I think you're just too sound worn for us." Yeah, I know. I know. There you I, have it, and there yeah, you have yeah. it. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Yeah. I got I got a phone call probably. I remember it was pretty clearly about a couple of years ago. One of my uh, sort of mentors, he said, "Bro, you need to start. You need to start to be a bit careful." I was like, "Oh, why is that, bro?" It's, you know, he's like, "Mate, because you pretty much can almost tick every box that the other side can can um, can exploit. The only thing you could do yeah. better right now is if you're a female and gay." <laughs> and I just started breaking up. He's like, "Think about it. young from the hood, you know, culture, mm. tech, media, all this other like just all this tick box shit." And then I got a phone call from a recruiter and the recruiter goes, oh, you know, think about this board position, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, boards. I was on the board of NZ Tech at the time, board of figure NZ with uh, Vic Crone yeah. and, um, and Stephen Lingen Hall, Lillian Grace, blah, blah. Right. And um, and then this other thing, I was like, oh, man, this would be rad because I was thinking I'll just stuff it. I'll just go into all these big boards. I'll just roll up and just destroy shit. Let's change the game. Gah, 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 gah. And I, I, I was talking to um, mm. uh, a few people about it, if it was the right call and they basically all said, Rebecca, don't do it. It's suicide paperwork you'll you'll go nuts you won't be able to have as much effect as you think yeah 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 and these from like from hitters and i get a phone call from a recruiter and the recruiter goes yeah so i've got this great opportunity um really think that this will be right up your alley um totally like definitely in your lane i'm like oh okay cool what's the thing blah blah but like, yeah um so the you know where the business and i'm just trying to word it so i don't get you in trouble uh <laughs> but we're, tr we're trying to figure out, um, you know, got all this stuff, but we're really trying to do something about this uh, Maori and Pacific Island thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I was like, so j just to be clear, this isn't actually about stuff like the, you, you, your issue is color, not actually the character or the substance or anything I could bring to the table. And I just flipping <laughs> went off on the dude. I was just like, and I had a little rant and blah, blah. <laughs> but it, what, why I thought was interesting is because he had been briefed that – they don't yeah. have someone that is brown in there that's young. He had been briefed yeah. that it's not someone that rolls a bit different, whether it be female or, or Asian or Indian, Maori, I don't give a shit, but the recruiter had been told, give me, get me someone that knows media tech and brown. And then when he yeah. said it off the cuff of like, oh yeah, this, this Maori and Pacific Islander thing, bro, I flipping, mm. I, I gave it to him, mate. <laughs> I was like, you stuffed you. I, I just mm. went off on his shit. So anyway, Maybe you know you're you're yeah. obviously a little bit older than me. And you've been in in that world crazy. H how have you felt racism within government? Direct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I've, I've spoken or unspoken. On the, on the, 
Yeah, spoken or spoken. So, so, so there have been examples of that. And I've got, you know, you, you don't sensationalise it as, as say, um, as, as the as the Americans in, in terms of their experience. So, and I'm not saying they sensationalise, but you know, they 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 obviously received a lot more sharper. But here, it's a bit more subtle. Um, like I said, um, with that, that previous example, I've got a master's, right? So. Um, and I was the most qualified person in, in this role, and yet you know, I'd get a comment, oh, you, you're too Samoan for the branch. Um, and then um, other times you would think about, you know, people were trying to promote diversity. And so I was part of a huge team of 90. Um, this was in Auckland, different time. And it's based in South Auckland. Um, I won't name the organisation. And, and less than 5% lived in South Auckland. And we we were talking about planning and funding decisions about you know the community, um, and so you know and a number of those people didn't get context and didn't get, understand community. So well, they're they there. Ninety five percent of them making the call that are there. Stuff them. Yeah, yeah, they lived outside of there. So so you know that that's that's another example. I like to think it's probably a lot better now. Um, yeah, and, and, and certainly there's been times where, you know, like I talk about the housing example, just, you know, when you walk in and, and areas like that, um, cafes, even in, in, you know, one time I walked in the Coral Lounge one, one time and, um, you know, um, all my colleagues, uh, all in all in suits bar one who, who was really casually dressed, I was in my suit and that. Um, I have had a Coral membership for a long time and, um I got stopped at the door and all of them walked through. And it says, Oh, do you have do you have membership? And you know, and the only thing that differentiated me between them and the others uh was my colour. I mean, maybe this probably beard probably think I was homeless probably, but you know, like uh, you know, that's kind of you know, that's it's, some it's, those it, are some of the examples. What's because yeah. tr I've I've tried to explain to a few crew like different bits and pieces that happen, and they don't get the optics of it because they've never been in that spot, they've never felt it, they've never thing. And I saw them no. from because I grew up in Aranui Christchurch. I remember when I was in Snowboard yeah. Wood, I'd go over to um, the the uh, west side of town, and, and some of my friends were at you know Christ College and, and St Andrews. And distinctly, the first time I realised that this was a thing was when I. Um, Went to the house party, 14, 15 years old, jumped the fence or whatever, got in. And then um, these girls are talking to my bros and they're like, oh, what school do you go to? It's like, oh, St. Andrews. Oh, what school do you go to? Oh, Christ College. Oh, what school do you go to? I was like, oh, I don't know. And they, they literally were like, oh. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't yeah. think there was a, it was a thing. But, you know, then obviously as time goes on, I've got, you know, plenty plenty of stories of that. And I just, what I yeah. love now is I do, I, 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 I'll be honest, I do it deliberately is I'll roll up to some stuff just and I'll dress down to just I'll just dress down thing and I just walk in <laughs> but I come in super hot and then what I've actually realized is there's something to it when you hold yourself with so much confidence to roll through yeah. and it's like like past people whatever the energy instantly set they you you your um your energy over overshadows their judgment and they let things fly because oh he must be something or she must be and i've and i've watched i've told other people do the same thing yeah. because i've been yeah. in your spot too you try to you know play the game and then something happens and it gets a bit awkward and you mm. know that it's because mm. of other things so yeah good on you man that's it's flipping a right. I, I have to share a story that once we were talking about working with another government agency in this space and one of the things is because kirk patrick mariner right when you think kirk patrick you don't think of a Samoan guy. 
No, you know. not a metro poly Asian. <laughs> Probably not a metro poly Asian, right? So anyway, so I, you know, I have had organised this meeting. They were meeting with this other agency, um, and so we were going to their building. Um, the receptionist looked me up and down, and thinking, uh, you know, and I had watched behaviour prior to that. Nobody was asked for their ID. I was asked for ID to prove that I was Kurt Patrick Mariner, so I did that. I proved it's into that into his ID. Then I said, right, well, we'll just call the person to come down and see you, right? So I was sitting there, and the person to come, that came down to receive me started walking up and down around the seating area, walked outside, and I didn't catch on that person was looking for me. And so they walked outside, <laughs> walked back around, and then went back inside, talked to the receptionist, and she said, oh, he's over there. <laughs> And she looked, and they had this horrified look on her face, like, you know. And I just waved out and just said, "Are oh, you looking for Kirkpatrick? That's me." <laughs> and, and 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 said basically, "Oh, you went what I was expecting." You know. Yep. So so it's, yeah. It's, it's, but it's, but it's, it's, it's yeah, so. Started. It, it sounds really like kind of like, you know, we're just like, oh, and this so-and-so did this, but it, it, you remember it because mm. those things shouldn't actually happen. And then when they do, you're kind of like, what the fuck, what? Like, this is stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I remember when I was yeah. um, about seven years ago, I wasn't as so much on social or whatever. And my um, I was 26 at the time and my um, sales manager was 38. Um, and with top floor corner office, I had an office, I had an office, and people would come up to meet Rebet, and they would come to the corner, and there's an intersection between our two doors, and they always be open. And then look on my side, they said, you know, uh, 26, and the bigger, like the three times bigger office, the, the office. Yeah. And they see his, like, still a nice office, but smaller. And they keep going into like, oh, hey, Rebet here. And they're like, oh, no, no, he's next door. And it'd be this thing of like, they see young, young Māori dude, the office, and then they see, you know, mm older um middle-aged parkia guy and whatever so you know which was many everyone's got those stories it's just funny that it, it definitely yeah. still exists but it, yeah. it's clearly it's getting yeah. it's it's clearly getting better and it's it's clearly there's there's more more crew that look different role different diversities become very cool and lots of ballrooms to talk about it's become much more of a thing so that what i just would i always and i agree to your point before i don't want anyone to be there by default just because they are a certain thing they should be there because they are the best for it and they are also you know yeah yeah Sorry, Robert, you you paused. Oh, oh there we go. We oh, we lost you for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. So I just so I just caught your last bit about um about uh you know how you, you agreed with me about not everyone shouldn't be there based on the yeah. color but on merit yeah yeah cool yeah i'll support that yeah i think um cool yeah they're, they're still racist yeah, i agree i agree with you yeah there, 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 there is that element <laughs> of there was the point of the story yeah yeah yeah, the racist yeah, 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 yeah yeah there's an element of prejudice that exists in some parts but you know um you know for for, for what it's worth um i i really enjoy being a public servant i i, I do it i mean and some of my views they they don't necessarily align with 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 some of my colleagues in this space. And so I might not get invited to 
key bordering decisions or be able to um, participate um, because I might say what I really think <laughs> in that space and that might it might derail some of the processes and I get that it's it's part of my burden to wear in that but um, but generally most of it is that um, you know I work with a group of people that work extremely hard um, and particularly around COVID-19 the hours that were burning uh, it was just unbelievable just to help keep this country afloat so um I, I too is a, is a proud New Zealand, a proud Metropolitan New Zealander. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is is that I can look back on reflection later on, um, and go, I was part of that. You know, I was part of that response. Um, yeah, we didn't awesome, get some right? things right, but but I can say, yep, I was part of that, and that's cool. That's a cool story to tell. Yeah, keep it rolling. So, no, I really appreciate your time, man. I know you're obviously busy, busy man, got a bunch of different bits and pieces in the mix. So where to from here? What's the next big thing that you're the most excited for in this in this next in this next month? Like, what are you the most hyped about to get into? Yeah, so the best, the best thing at the moment is that we all have to recalibrate. We've got now um, people really understanding, uh, coming to an understanding of what digital exclusion is versus digital inclusion. Um, working with agency partners to get some real shit done, which is really cool, um, and um, being able to work with industry um, and see what they're doing. Um, I do a, I do a weekly wrap. The team does a weekly wrap for me, and we put that out on on LinkedIn um, just to talk about all the exciting developments that are happening in the sector, but also challenging us to make sure that we keep our finger on the pulse to ensure that whatever we develop meets the needs of of the most disadvantaged in the community. So. Um, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot happening over the next few months and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, working with the team to be able to just try to make a, make our small difference in the world. So hopefully help New Zealanders. Sounds cliche, but it help kind of help New Zealanders, um, you know, uh, move beyond kind of this, 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 this event. Um, and so, um, yeah, hopefully making lives better at this point. So. Yeah, well, you've been me, you've, to be you know public for for so long, and obviously the the execution, then the passion is there for what you're doing and how you're doing it, and it's rad because now all these things have come to the forefront, and you know, in in many ways, what you the moves that you're making now is going to have that that legacy impact. You know, you're talking about you know three of the the, mm. the women leaders have been you know three of the what five yeah. you're saying have been women in the last you know 15 yeah. years or whatever, like that's 20 years. It's that's amazing. So. Sorry, but I lost you. Oh, we lost you again. We got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're there. Yeah, got you. Yeah, Tech, cool. mate. Yeah. I was giving you props. I was saying you're awesome. <laughs> you're fucking awesome, Kirkpatrick. Well done. <laughs> mate, thank you for doing what you do, man. And thank you for that. This is an awesome opportunity to be able to talk. Uh, from the heart, I think, in terms of the stuff we, we, we're doing. So, and um, yeah, I appreciate you giving us some time on the week. It's awesome. Bro, 100%, man. Love your work, bro. I'll talk to you soon, man. Appreciate it. And um, stay out of trouble down in Wellington. Okay. Cheers. brother. Shaji. <laughs> the bro. Kirkpatrick Mariner. Good yarns. Um, I would not have thought that 1% of, of staff there would have been Māori or Pacifica. I, I think that the whole idea, you know, digital like digital access is a right. Is Wi-Fi a, right, a human right? That's flipping pretty. It's a big banter. It's a big chat. Um 
and as well you know it's funny everyone who's ever experienced either you know you know racism or judgment or gender equality or whatever the thing is you've always can remember those stories and you know it, it they they sit pretty deep um and they 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 make a difference um when you can kind of try and beat them in your own way i guess so that's you know so it's pretty close to home for me anyway um all right team enjoy the rest of the day appreciate it talk to you soon peace